0: From WNYC, this is Money Talking, I'm Charlie Herman. Take a stroll down the streets of New York City and you might ask, what's going on with restaurants these days?
1: New York's most iconic deli, the Carnegie Deli in Midtown will serve up its last sandwich today.
0: So it looks like New York City is about to lose another of its landmark diners. The Market Diner on 11th Avenue has been dishing out meals for more than 50 years. But as Matt King tells us, the property is going high rise. Diners with their breakfast all day, multi-page menus are closing but niche restaurants are opening. An avocado-only restaurant. A new bar in New York is serving up, yep, everything avocado. A Golden Girls-inspired cafe is now open for business. That's
1: right. Rue La Rue Cafe in New York honors the legacy of actress Rue McClanahan.
0: There are so many restaurants in this city, you can't help but wonder why do some survive and others don't. And who benefits from this world of revolving dining trends? Well, joining me is Derek Thompson with The Atlantic. He recently wrote about America's love for going out to eat in his article, The Paradox of American Restaurants. Good morning, Derek. Good morning. So for eaters, this really seems to be like a great time to dine out. There's so many options that are out there. And yet you found that restaurants are struggling.
1: That that doesn't seem to make sense. The paradox that I refer to in the title is the fact that on the one hand, it feels like a golden age of restaurants. Every city I go to, people who live there say the restaurant scene has never been better. It's true in Los Angeles, in Seattle, in New Orleans, in Boston, in Washington, D.C., all over the place. And it's interesting because there's a stat that backs this up. In the 1970s, Americans spent 25 percent of their food budget on restaurants. Now we spend half of our food budget on restaurants. That's an enormous growth. But on an individual restaurant-to-restaurant basis, restaurants are struggling. Foot traffic for lunch is down. Foot traffic for dinner is down is down. We'll explain that, though. I mean, that dichotomy. We're spending more, but the restaurants are actually struggling. Exactly. This was the thing that was making my head spin. How could this possibly be true? And the thing that inspired the piece. What I came to see is that the golden age of restaurants is a bit like the golden age of television. From a consumer's perspective, what do you see? More variety than ever. Better choices than ever. Better TV than ever. But on an individual show basis, it's more competitive. And as a result, the cancellation rate of television shows has actually quintupled in just this decade. Same thing is going on in restaurants. Enormous growth in choice, food, options. But at the same time, there are so many new restaurants that are opening that it's harder for every individual restaurant to stay open with all this competition. So better for consumers, tougher for the restaurateurs. It's always
0: been tough, though, for restaurants. I mean, their profit margins are really slim and the likelihood of success has always been difficult. So what is new
1: about what's happening today? I think it's useful to look at this on a category basis let's let's uh, think about fast casual, for example. Fast casual is chipotle it's sweet green it's places where you know the food is fast, but the quality is high. In the last year, the total amount of fast casual spending has increased by 9%. It's growing really, really quickly. But there are so many new fast casual stores opening that on a per-store basis, sales are down 2%, right? So this, is, this goes right to the golden age of restaurants' thesis, that from our perspective, we're spending more and more on fast casual as a sector, but on an individual store basis, they're all struggling because there are just so many new fast casual places. And so I think this is happening at the, um, in, in the fast casual end and really across the restaurant scene. Lots of new choices, tougher for individual restaurants. So then
0: what's the secret sauce to succeed uh, as a restaurant?
1: So one other trend that I thought was really interesting is you see a bit of a hallowing out of the restaurant scene. Uh, A lot of new spending in, say, quick service, uh, fast food and fast casual. A lot of new spending in fine dining. Really tough to be in the middle. Tough to be in Applebee's a uh, Outback Steakhouse, chilies, those kind of places are really struggling. So in a place like New York City, I would say, all right, well, fine dining is growing pretty quickly. People have more money to spend. They want to spend on a really unique experience. I would say seek out a cuisine that is underserved in your neighborhood or even in your borough and find a way to make it high end. I recently went to a absolutely wonderful Hawaiian place, a really high end Hawaiian place which I was like, "Huh, high end Hawaiian. I would not expect to have that in the East Village." And it really, it blew my socks off. It was fantastic. So I think that place Was it expensive? Is,
0: it was expensive, yeah. But that's the thing. I mean, if, you're, if your choices are uh, McDonald's or a really high-end uh, 11 Madison, I mean, that's all the way at the other side of the, the equation. W- what happens to that middle territory for businesses, for people who are looking maybe for their first jobs? I mean, if that is hollowed out, uh, what's it sort of feels a little bit like the larger income inequality discussion that we're having uh, about the economy in general.
1: It is exactly that. No, I, I think it's, it's no coincidence, I think, that the same- Factors that are affecting income distribution or job distribution, a hallowing out of the middle, are happening in restaurants because, indeed, where do people spend their money? They spend it to eat. So I think that's pretty interesting. Another thing that's happening, though, to the middle tier of restaurants is that you're seeing this enormous growth of takeout. Takeout is growing 15 times faster than restaurant sales overall, which means essentially that fewer people are dining at restaurants, which means less of a need for waiters. They're more likely to grab the food and take it out or order it online on Seamless and Grubhub. And so I think that's another way that you can imagine a restaurateur sort of insinuating his or herself into the market to say, all right, let's sort of frame ourselves as a takeaway place. We'll have very few places to sit, but we'll make really, really good food that travels well for lunch or dinner because that's how we see the trend in the market going, toward takeaway rather than dine-in. So what role is technology playing in all of this? Technology is playing a huge role in the delivery business. You see Amazon hooking up with Whole Foods, and a lot of people think it's going to transform the grocery delivery business. You also have the growth of meal kit delivery services, places like Blue Apron, uh, which essentially are delivering something that's a little bit like groceries, but also a little bit like prepared food because they send you only what you need to prepare a single meal. And so it's kind of interesting to think that the history of food innovation is not that rich. You've had restaurants for a long time and grocery stores for a long time, and that was sort of it. But now you have this new category of food delivery, and sometimes it's food, like a prepared meal, and sometimes it's a meal kit or groceries. And that, I think, is sort of a a frothy area for food innovation right now.
0: I guess, finally, for those restaurants that are closing, is there something that's being
1: lost in our food culture? First, we're losing the diner experience, the nostalgia of the old greasy spoon. Second, we're losing the... Ability to go out to lunch, the freedom that people used to have to leave the office in the middle of a Tuesday or Wednesday and spend two hours in a restaurant, that just doesn't happen anymore. People order in, they have their sad desk lunch salad, or they go out to lunch on weekends. But poor lunch, we don't even call it lunch then. We call it brunch, even when we're having lunch at 2 or 3 p.m. in the afternoon. So going out to, quote, lunch, end quote, is surely in decline. um, And that is also a a victim of all these trends.
0: Well, Derek Thompson is a senior editor at The Atlantic, and I hope you're able to get lunch today. (laughs) Thank you very much. And I'm Charlie Herman, and this is Money Talking from WNYC.